0: This message you're about to listen to was recorded live at the Redeemed Christian Church of God, the Throne Room Parish, Transcorp Hill to Abuja. Be blessed as you listen. My topic is who am I? I was just showing Pastor the topic that I chose just because of this story. Pick up your Bible. Let's open to Psalm, the book of Psalms or Song of Psalms, chapter 8. And we are all going to read together. All right. Are you there? If you're there, say amen. If you're not there, say wait for me. Okay, we're going to wait for you. Amen. All right, I think we're there. Let's go. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic and glorious and excellent is your name in all the earth. You have displayed your splendor above the heavens, out of the mouths of infants and nursing babes. You have established strength because of your adversaries, that you might silence the enemy and make the revengeful cease. When I see and consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have established, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Five, yet you have made him a little lower than God, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of our hands, and you have put all things under his feet. Amen. Let's stop there. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How majestic and glory and excellent is your name in all the earth. Who am I? Who am I that you're thinking about me? That was what that song says. Who am I that God cares about me? David says, what well, is man that you care about him? You made him a little lower than God, crowned him with glory and honor, giving him dominion over the works of your hands. The Hebrew word dominion comes from, the, the, the word dominion comes from the Hebrew word manshallah or rada, which is authority to govern rule. And every time I read this, I'm always excited because it tells me who I really am in the sight of God. Not what man says I am. Not what anybody thinks I am. For what God says I am is what I'm excited about. Man may say you are sick, but God says you are healed this morning. I say man may say you are barren because you've been married for three, four, five, ten years and you don't have a baby. But God says you are filled with babies this morning. Man may say you are weak, but God says you are strong. Man may say you cannot do it, but God says you can do it. Mom may say you are poor because you don't have a car, because you have no earthly possessions, but God says I have filled you with riches this morning. That is who's you, who you are. Amen? Yes. Whose report would you believe? Would you believe the report of the world or believe, would you believe the report of the God that we serve? Our heavenly report is what we believe in. Amen? God is our strength and our refuge, a very present help in trouble. That is who God is. That is how important we are to him. Praise the Lord. I want you to say something to your neighbor this morning. Tell your neighbor you are just lower than God. That is tiny like this. Just a little lower than God. Tell it, tell it to your neighbor. You're just a little lower than God. And you're crowned with glory. And you're crowned with honor. And you have the power and the ability to do anything that God has permitted that you do. Amen. Amen. But I know there is somebody right now who doesn't believe in what I'm saying. I know there is somebody sitting down somewhere thinking of what they've gone through. You are there, you're looking, you're saying, What, what am I? I'm going through all this, and you say, God is thinking about me. I know there is somebody who is sitting there saying, I've been married, I don't have any children, or I'm a full grown man, I can't find a wife. You know, there are many girls, many women, but there are not many wives. There are many men, many boys, but there are not many husbands. Somebody may be there. You're working so hard. Your take-home pay cannot take you home. And you are a child of God. You're there saying, what is he talking about? But this morning, I want to tell you this. What God says you are is what you are. Your present situation does not determine your next position, no. Praise the Lord. There was a man in the Bible, in Judges chapter 6, Gideon. At that time, the children of Israel had committed sin against God, and God was angry with them. And God said, I will punish you. I will send the Midianites to take you over. And for seven years, they were being held down by the Midianites. And the Bible says that the men of Israel will hide into, in the mountains. They will hide their stuff so that the enemy does not steal it. It says when the children of Israel will plant, the Midianites will come and take it. In verse 6 of that chapter, it says that Israel was so impoverished, they had nothing. Because when they plant, the enemy will come and take. When they sow, the enemy will come and reap. If you are that person this morning. Every time you set a goal, the enemy will come and distract you. I bind that enemy this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. Everything you sow, you will reap in the name of Jesus. Amen. When you walk hard, God will replenish you in the name of Jesus. Gideon himself was hiding, a strong man of God. The Bible says he was threshing wheat in a wine press. That's not, that's an irony. You don't thresh wheat in a wine press. Why was he doing it? He was trying to deceive the Midianites. So they will not come and take his wheat from him. And God sent an angel in verse verse 7. After seven years, after their punishment had been perfected, they were punished for real, for seven years. And the Bible said they cried aloud to God. They cried to God and said, God, come and save us. And God sent his angel to them. The angel came and he met Gideon, threshing wheat, and he said to him, mighty man of valor. And Gideon said, what? Mighty man of valor? Like many of us this morning, I said, God knows you. God has prepared you. God has blessed you and you're looking. What? I have nothing. God has not blessed me. I have nothing. I have no this. I have no that. Gideon was in the same situation. And when the angel told him, said, look, go in this might of yours. He said to a sign which was given to him. And the Bible says Gideon and his men overcame the Midianites. So sometimes we don't know who we are. We don't know what we carry. We are so worried, we are so afraid because we can't see beyond our noses. So the enemy stifles us. But this morning I want to tell you that God loves you. You carry a power in you, you carry, you carry an anointing in you which the enemy cannot stifle in the name of Jesus. The Israelites woke up and they cried and God gave them gave them a deliverer. I want to remind you this morning that you are somebody. You are created to be great. You are unstoppable. Doesn't matter what the enemy does, you are unstoppable. You cannot be stopped by anybody. You cannot be stopped by any powers, any principalities. In the name of Jesus, Gideon himself had all that doubt in him. But after he said all that, the angel did not even say anything. He said, go in this might of yours. Despite all that, he began to look at himself as poor, as as the last in his family. But he still went ahead in obedience to God. I tell you this morning, you can do all things. The Bible tells me in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, Paul says I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Are you in that same situation as Gideon? You're asking yourself, how? How am I going to have children? When the doctors say my tubes are blocked, I want to tell you this. It doesn't matter what the doctors say. There's a greater doctor. And I tell you because I know I went through medical school. I practiced medicine in the United States. There is limit to what we know. Praise the Lord. Is somebody listening to me this morning, there is a limit to what we know. Of course, medicine has advanced so much there. They feel they can do all things. But still, people die. So, man has limitations. When God steps into your situation, the the unthinkable happens. That illness which they say is, is you're done. They're sending the person to hospice or they're sending the person to go and die. God steps into the situation, you are healed. That is what I believe and have seen it happen. Amen? So I want you to trust God. It does not matter what your situation is. God is able to do it. Amen? I know somebody sitting here this morning listening to me and saying, how can I be a governor? I know that many of us here can be governors, can be senators, can be house of Rep members. Think about it. You can do it. You say, oh, I don't have the finances. It takes too much money to run an election. You can do it. All you need is believe in yourself. Believe in the power that God has put in you. Believe in that anointing God has put in you. You have leadership qualities. You need to get out there and begin to do it yourself. Amen? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Wake up. Christians must wake up at this time. Imagine, imagine that in Nigeria we have 10 senators that are Christians. I'm not talking about church goers now. I mean real Christians. Real Christians. And you have 20 that are in house of representatives. You can't kill them. You can't bribe them. You can't chase them down. Because when they say no, that's not what we're doing, they will not do it. Because they trust God. How will that happen until Christians begin to do what they are supposed to do? You can't threaten them. You can't shake them. If the righteous stays on the fence, what will happen? If the righteous does not say the right things, if the righteous does not stand, iniquity will abound. Christians must stand up. We have the power to rule deposited inside us. And I ask again, what are you waiting for this morning? This message, I don't know who it is for, but I know that we Christians will have to take over or else we are going to be in trouble. Amen? Praise the Lord this morning. Are you all with me? Amen. The Bible tells me in the book of Daniel, and we're talking about who am I? You are equipped for something on this planet earth. God has put something in you. You must use it. Amen. It doesn't matter what you where you are, where you are situated, it doesn't matter where you live, it doesn't matter what your situation is, but you must learn to exhibit that which God has put in you. You must learn to bring out that which God has put in you. If you don't bring it out, you will die with it. And on your dying bed, you will think of all the things you would have done. But that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. That which God has put in you must come out from this day in Jesus' name. The Bible tells me in the book of Daniel chapter 3 about four guys, four Hebrew guys. King Nebuchadnezzar had gone and conquered conquered uh, Israel and Judah and taken these these children hostage. There were four of them, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He took them. And when they got there, they tried to reorient them, to change them. The Bible says they changed their names. They changed their names. This, these guys had beautiful names. I was looking, looking up this. Daniel. Daniel, the meaning of his name was, was God, is, God is my judge. God is my judge. The other one, Hananiah, Yahweh is gracious. God is gracious. And Mishael, who is like God. And Azariah, Yahweh has helped. Powerful names that they were given. But when they got to Babylon, they changed their names. To something that is nonsensical, something that doesn't have meaning. They call Daniel Belshazzar. That is, Baal protects. The God, the God of the land protects. God, handmade God. When the man's name is that the God that we serve, the uncreated creator, is my judge. They change his name to Baal. Baal protects. Nonsense. Praise the Lord, somebody. And, and to, and to um, Heraniah, they changed his name to Shadrach, which means the command of Aku. Aku is the moon god. So they changed their names to the names of their local gods, trying to take them away from what God has made them to be. And also Meshach, they called who is what is Aku. That's the meaning of Meshach. And, and, and Abed, they changed the name of Azariah to Abednego, and that means the servant of Nebo. Nebo was the Babylonian god of uh, wisdom. So imagine how they try to twist their brains. The boys' names were changed to encourage them to forget their God and the tradition of their their nation, of their homeland, to be conformed to the ways of Babylon. This is what we call forced assimilation. Forced assimilation. You are forced to change. Where I'm coming from, we have our children there. Some of them, you give them Nigerian names. They don't want to answer it. They cut it. They cut it short. It's su- such that it, it will look American. You, you, it's, it's so it's so, it's so, it's so, funny. I mean, in my, I, I used to be the youth, youth pastor. And we had this boy. His name was uh, Olaniyo, And so we're introducing ourselves in some meeting. He said, well, um, my name is Dari. Um, I don't even know how to pronounce the last name. And this is not... Like it's we're all we're all Nigerians. So even the young guys there were so upset with him. What are you what are you doing? But this is forced assimilation. You try to delete from your brain who you are. But these two these four boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel, refused. They refused to be changed. They refused to be assimilated into the life of Babylon. And the Bible says to the extent that at the point, the king, King Nebuchadnezzar made a golden image and said, whoever does not worship will be thrown into the fairy furnace, will be punished. And when they rang the bell and beat the music, these Jewish boys refused to bow. And somebody went and told the king, say, your friends refused. And he called them, say, oh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I heard you refuse to bow to my image. Now you have another opportunity to do it. If you do not, you're going to be put in that very furnace. Let let somebody go with me to the book of Daniel. We need to read that. It's so, it's so important. Daniel 3. Book of Daniel chapter 3. Verse 17. It says, no, verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. One translation says, we don't care what you do to us. We don't, it doesn't matter. We, have, we don't have an answer. And it says, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fairy furnace. And he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. Number 18, most important. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods. Not worship the golden image which thou hast set up. If our God does not save us, we're still not going to worship your God. That is determination by a Christian not to do that which is not the will of God. Amen? They were determined. These three boys were determined. And what happened? They bound them with their clothes, their hat, everything, and threw them in the fiery furnace. But what happened? He told, his, told his, his army to fire up the furnace. Seven times. Perfect heat. They perfected the heat. Then they bound them. And the Bible says they threw them in there. They threw them in. So bound everything with their clothes on them and what happened as they threw them in the king rose up in astonishment said so the king was ex- he, he he was astonished he rose up because these people said if you, our god will deliver us so this king was was ex- was really expecting a miracle He rose up in haste, anxious to see the miracle. And he asked the generals, come on. He says, I'm confused here. Did we not put three men here bound? He said, but I see four men walking around. And the fourth of them looks like the son of God. God opened his eyes to see. But you know, it was only Nebuchadnezzar that saw the fourth man. The other people with him did not. Because he said, let me see that God that will deliver you. And God showed him who he was. Praise the Lord. And the Bible says immediately, he told them to open the faithfulness. and say, oh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Come forth. Your God has delivered you. And what did that, what did that bring? It brought a decree. If you read further down in, in, in Daniel chapter 3, verse 39, I think, The king made a decree. He says, every people, every nation, every language, anyone who speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that person shall be cut into pieces and his household shall be made a dunghill, which means you kill the man, you kill his family, kill all his children, burn down his house. A decree happened because some children of God held onto the word of God. Who am I? You are a child of God. You should hold on to the word of God. God says he has put glory and honor upon you. And I've given you dominion. Because God has given you these things, you must use them. Amen? The things that worry me about Christians is that we're a little fluidy. We, 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 we go with the wind. We go with the flow. We like to be politically correct, so we don't say some things. Where we're coming from, you cannot talk about gay and lesbian in church, but I speak about it. You can't, you can't talk about um, Islam or Muslim in church. You can't preach against them because it's a free world. I preach about it. I speak about it. Christians must stand up. Praise the Lord. Christians were too fleeting, were too, you know, Pastor when, when, when Donald, Donald Trump was contesting, Christians were praying, God, don't let Donald win. Don't let Trump win. Don't let Trump win. What happened? After he won, they changed. Oh, God of Donald Trump. God of Donald Trump, do this for me. Why can't we stand firm? Stand for what you believe in. Stand against what you don't believe in. You don't know the God that brought Trump there. You don't know how he got there. We don't know why he is there at this time. But let us know who we are. Know that you, as a child of God, you carry a special anointing, you carry a special gift that we're going to stir up this morning, amen? So let us be Christians and always stand firm. Let us not just be hearers of the word and you come and Pastor T is preaching and the anointing is so much, you come, you take and you go. You can preach like him. If I look at where I'm coming from, for those who really know me, nobody else knows me here except my aunt. I call my wife, sometimes I call her auntie. And when I want some other things, I call her sister. So, you know, it depends on what I want at that time. What what I call her depends on what I want. You have to know how to get something from your wife. You know what I mean? Amen? So, you know, I, I have been through so many things. If you know where God took me from, you you will praise God for me. Amen? I made pure water in this country. Pure water. We made pure water and sold it and did all kinds of things to make ends meet. But God delivered me. And the God that set me up on high will set you up on high this morning. In the name of Jesus, children of God, we must learn to develop the anointing ourselves. I was reading John chapter 16, where Jesus was transfigured. If you go there, you will see, the Bible says that Jesus had fasted for six days. And he took Peter, James, and John, his brother, to the mountain. And as they began to pray, something powerful happened. There was so much glory. There was so much power. And as they were praying, Moses and Elijah showed up. And Peter looked and he saw two of them with Jesus. And Peter, you know his usual self? Peter is very boisterous. And he began to to talk. He began to talk in in his usual way. He said, Master, let us build three tents here. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But that's not the issue here. You know, Peter never thought about himself and John and and James. He was happier being in the presence of, Of God as a servant. Where was he going to stay? I'm sure in his head was, when we build three tents, I will serve Jesus, Peter will serve Elijah, Uh, uh, sorry, James will serve Elijah, and John probably will serve Moses. We remain here as servants. The glory is here. But what he did not know, how come I was not transfigured myself? How come it was only Jesus that was transfigured? How come it was only his face that was changed? The Bible says his face changed and was shining like the sun. And his clothing was shining. Jesus was changed. His his person was changed. But Peter did not. James did not. John did not. How come? And suddenly there was a mighty cloud that came down and they, they fell to their faces. And by the time the cloud was gone, Jesus went and tapped at Peter and he looked up. Moses was gone and Elijah was gone. Only Jesus was there. The real physical human Jesus. The transfigured nature was gone and he was so disappointed. But that is who we are. Christians, I want to tell you, you carry power, you carry the anointing of God in you, but you must develop it. Instead of just sitting there and coming to church every day and you you get blessed, you have testimonies, but you can also develop yourself to begin to impart lives wherever you are. We must change the way we do things. Islam is taking over the world. Something is going on in the world right now. You think, the crisis in the Middle East is ordinary. It's being orchestrated by the devil to push out Muslims out of that area. That's the only way any religion was, will spread. They are being extruded out of the Middle East. And of course, the world is kind and loving. They're taking, the, 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 they're taking them in. taking them. All these people are carrying is the ideology. They don't need to carry bombs on them, but they carry the ideology. And they bring the ideology into those nations. And as they bring the ideology, it develops. It develops. It transforms and it becomes a bomb over time. All they need is the ideology. Islam, Muslims are doing so much work. I used to work in a prison downtown in Houston in those days, many years ago. And, you see, inside, inside the prison, when I have five minutes, please give me a sign because I could get carried. Inside the prison, Inside the prison is inside world, and those who go to jail they call the outside outside world. So in in America, I don't want to give statistics, but in many families, hardly in any family you wouldn't find somebody who has gone to jail. So it's not unusual. No people are not ashamed to say, "Hey man, um, I just got out. I got out yesterday." <laughs> and and the irony is this: see, when you when you when you when you commit a crime they bring you to court, they find you guilty, and they say, okay, you're going to report to jail in two weeks. They give you a date and time, and the jail to report to. So they say, okay, you have been found guilty, you're sentenced to three years, Um, on February 20th, report to this jail by 7 a.m. So what people do, they do what is called going to jail party. So we do going to jail party. And They prepare themselves, they bring their friends, they smoke some little weed, drink some little wine, and they party. They go into jail. That morning, they pack all their things, and they go. (laughs) You see it on Facebook. They they don't care. It's a normal thing. So, but what am I talking about? So, when they go to jail, they see the reality of it. In jail, breakfast is at 2 a.m. Lunch is at 8 a.m., And dinner is at 3 p.m. When you're set free from jail, you're you're released after breakfast, 2 a.m., they set you out. Nobody picks you. So what happens is this. The Muslims, they know when people are released from jail. By 2 a.m., their van is out there. Because most of the, when you go to jail, you're homeless, you don't have anywhere to go, so they come pick you. They clean you up, put on a good suit on you, and they begin to minister to you. There is nothing that will make you not to follow that religion. So they're preaching to them that America is a Christian country. The Christian country is what puts you in jail. The Christians are the ones jailing you. Because jail in America is a business. You can own a jail. You can own a jail and you run it. You make profit. So what happens is they talk to the judges. So the more people you send to jail, the more business. And these are, that's how it is run. So the Muslims they go out, that's how they win the souls. And when they come out, one they hate they hate the Caucasians, they hate Christians, they hate America, and in their head, they are new people. And they see me sometimes they say, Salam Alaikum. I say, No, I'm not, I'm a Christian. So in their head, it's all black people from Africa and Muslims. So what am I saying? The Islamic world is doing a lot of work. Christians, we should wake up and do something. Rather, what are we doing? We're buying jets building cathedrals, and to achieve, to measure our success is how many, how many, how many people our church can sit, wake up Christians, and now, even here, most people, for you to be politically aligned correctly, you must align with some, you know what I'm talking about, but God will help us, we need to do something, we need to do something, or else, we're done. But God will not allow that to happen in Jesus' name. A time will come when all the money, the jets cannot even help us. We need to change our attitude. We need to change the way we do things. We need to change how we carry ourselves. We need to change our thoughts. Amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Brothers and sisters who am I? You are the redeemed of the most high God. You are a child of God. You are made in the image of God. Crowned with glory and power to subdue and have dominion. There is no power that can stop you. You are indestructible. This morning, I want you to wake up and cry for restoration as the children of God did in the time of Gideon. Let's take our rightful places. Let's refuse to be wiped out like in the country of Turkey. Don't sit here and pray all day and don't do nothing. A prayer, faith without works, is dead. You must must put your faith in action. If Christians, real Christians, are not part of decision-making... In our polity, worldwide, whether it's it's, it's Nigeria or America or anywhere, the world is done. Christians must stand up and do the right things. This morning, I want you to pray with me. If you rise up on your feet, please rise up up on your feet and let's pray. I know that my time is up, just two minutes, three minutes. I want us to lift up our voices and begin to pray. Cry unto God this morning. Say, oh God, deliver your people. Send us a helper. A president that will deliver Christian nations and deliver Christians and Christianity. There's war against Christianity. We don't know. So let us lift up our voices and pray for Christians and Christianity. Begin to pray this morning. Say, God, send a deliverer. Send a helper. Send a helper, a real Christian who can stand up and condemn that which is evil, condemn that which is not of God, Condemn Islam openly. We live peacefully with people, but we must speak the truth. Begin to pray for Christians and Christianity. Father, send us a helper. Send us a true Christian that will deliver us. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we'll pray. You're going to pray like Gideon? I know God has put a great gift in you. Moses, God put a great gift in Moses as well. Ask God to reveal to you. Give you a revelation of the gift he has put in you. Begin to pray this morning so that you can begin to use it to the fullest. Begin to pray in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. Daddy, you have deposited gifts in the life of people this morning. You have deposited your gift in them. Stir it up, oh God. Whatever gift you have put in them, oh God, stir it up this morning. Reveal it to them. Give them a revelation of the gift you have put in them. Let them begin to use it to the fullest. In the name of Jesus, Lord, my God, this morning, I want you, brothers and sisters, ask God to stir up the gift in you. Ask him to stir up the gift he has put in you. He has put a mighty gift in you. Ask him to stir it up this morning. That is, stir up the gift you put in us. In the name of Jesus, that the Lord give us the gift to God. Stir up the gift to God. In Jesus' name, we pray. Let the power of God come down this morning. That is your gift which you have put in your people, let it begin to manifest in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord, Lord, let your power, let your power begin to manifest in the life of your people. In the name of Jesus, I think you can say a better amen to that as I speak the word of God this morning. Father, let your gift begin to manifest. In the name of Jesus, Father, Lord, they shall prosper spiritually. They shall live in good health. In the name of Jesus, the disease of Egypt shall not see you. In the name of Jesus, the evil people shall not see you. They shall not think of you. And if you must pass by them, God will shut their eyes. In the name of Jesus, God will always go before you. He will be at your rear guard. In the name of Jesus. And as I speak the word this morning, I say your children shall be for signs and wonders. In the name of Jesus, there shall be a source of blessing to you. Your children shall be a source of blessing to their generation. In the name of Jesus, the evil of the world shall not take them over. In the name of Jesus, you shall not build and another inhabit. In the name of Jesus, this morning I decree none of us shall die young. In the name of Jesus, let the power of God take you over and keep you and sustain you. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Somebody give God a clap this morning. Give God a clap this morning. We believe you have been blessed by this message. To download this message, please visit our podcast at the Throne Room on your handheld device or computer. For any inquiries, call 08087-0000004 or visit the Life Center at number 20 Colorado Close off Dame Street, Maitama Abuja. You can also visit our website, www.rccgthronome.org You are highly lifted, highly favored.